Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Last week, we, we were joined by the University of Winchester Professor Eric Anderson. He headed up a group of uh, academics who concluded that rugby in schools had become a form of child abuse and they were calling for a complete ban of the sport for under-18s. It sparked massive debate. I mean, we get huge reaction on this show at the best of time, which pleases us. But this almost topped the lot. And um, so much so, we thought we need to keep in touch with the Professor And we need to get balance in this as well. So this morning, Professor Eric Anderson joins us live in studio and he's joined by a man I know very well, former England rugby international, Hugo Monnier. And we're going to take the conversation that bit further. And as as we speak, you're coming in with messages. And I'm seeing the messages, Simon, in front of me. You no doubt are as well. 810, 89 for those. Before we even utter a word on this topic. Good morning, Jim and Simon. My 10-year-old son suffered a traumatic brain injury playing contact rugby. He spent months learning to walk again and was an incredible pain for months. He was a very good player, being player of the year at his club. Contact is not safe. This needs to be a genuine discussion this morning about child safety. Parents need to know that they can say no to contact. Professor Anderson, this has touched a nerve, hasn't it? I know the reaction you've had has been immense, hasn't it? Absolutely immense and surprisingly quite positive compared to what we were expecting. Now, I've been at this a long time, about 15 years now. I've been moved from the terrain of being ostracized and stigmatized for my propositions to now within the mainstream. The fact that I'm here today highlights that the bevy of research that's come out, that's hit the press over the years, has started to change our cultural understandings. The research is now absolutely conclusive. It is no longer contestable that there are multiple forms of brain trauma that can occur, that can occur from both one-off concussions, but also, and more uh, insipidly, it's the drip, drip, drip of, re- of repetitive head injuries from daily tackling. I think it was the language you used that surprised many. Surprised us. Yes. I must admit. I mean, and, and, and Simon came round to your way of thinking. Simon's going to come in, obviously, in a second. But you concluded that rugby in schools has become a form of child abuse and should be yes. banned 
uh, and banned among under 18s. Expand on that for us. Yeah, so the first thing we're child doing... Child abuse. Child abuse. And we're going to define that according to existing British law. The 18, 1989 and the 2004 Children's Act calls for the protection and the safety of children. Within school systems, the Education Act of 2002 says children shall not be intentionally injured or endangered. The United Nations Conventions on the Rights of the Child, which we are a signature to, says that children need to be protected from injury even if the parents disagree. The Sport in England Safeguarding and Protection Policy, the Offenses Against the Person Act of 19, uh, even 1861, all of these acts very clearly state that a child shall not be intentionally injured. So the question is this, and I said this before, last week I'll say it again. And let me also highlight before I say that, that I'm not just talking rugby here. We're talking high impact sports. So let's look at boxing again and say, how is it that a child being strict outside or hit in the head outside of sport is child abuse, particularly if it's by an adult, right? But in the boxing ring, I can put a child into a boxing ring with a trained fighter where they can sustain multiple hits, including a knockout, which is traumatic brain injury. And yet that's not child abuse, that's sport. So our argument here is no. In both situations, the intent is to harm a child's brain and therefore it is child abuse. The intent is to harm a child's brain. The intent. Sports organizations you claim are in fact grooming adults to ignore consequences. You stand by that? Well, let me tell you what the uh, CEO- Grooming adults. Let me tell you what the CEO of uh, Rugby England said in 2020 to a Guardian article. He said, and I'm gonna quote it for you specifically because you know any of your callers can absolutely Google this, right? Just Google mm-hmm. uh, Bill Sweeney. He said, our evidence shows that rugby is no more dangerous than other sports. No more dangerous than cross-country running. Now, this is an absolute bold-faced lie. We have known about CTE for 15 basis? years. On what basis? On what basis of what? On, on that quote. His, his quote is that rugby football union is no more dangerous than any other sport. But that can be compartmentalised into so many different things. I think what he's referring to, Bill Sweeney, CEO of, of, of English rugby, in terms of head acceleration events, something which we touched upon last week, so when you compare, especially in young adults, which is the focus of our conversation today, between 13 and 18, we spoke about it last week, in terms of HAEs, head acceleration events, 86% of people that were studied and measured last year, they found that they were taking less, they were less likely to get a head acceleration event than you are to run, jump or skip. There's it, absolutely no truth no, no, to that's that a fact. whatsoever. No, that's an that is, what research are you referring to? That's a fact and a study. That, and after this, I can, I can send you that study. No, let's do it's it now been, because we're on air with the been, listeners who need proper it, academic research. I'm not on here to try and fiddle anyone. I'm not on even on here to be absolutely right. The only thing that I'm on here is to supply people with the right information. That is it. Are so you I'm, telling the audience that children running receive the same head acceleration injuries as playing tackle rugby. What I'm saying is you're more likely to get more head acceleration events, running, jumping, skipping, and trampoline and gymnastics as you are, especially and especially we're talking young we're talking young adults. You can't compare Up to the league. How many G force? Sorry? 
up to how many G-forces? I couldn't tell you the exact G-forces. Okay, so what you're doing here is you don't know this research. No, no. come on, national no, air. No, that is not true. mislead people about the acceleration no, 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 of events. No, 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 you misled Look, people. Is, you misled people. There are people, decades and you need, of research. I know there's decades, decades of research, of and I'll tell you what. You can't name a single study. I can, I've got studies from the British Medical Journal sponsored by the Rugby Football Union themselves. Is there and any, you're is there, telling I mean, is there me, any you're telling us, no, no, you're telling facts. the audience. Is, is there any context? Is there any context? The context is very well, I'm simple. Finished, I'm finished question, so you don't yes, know. Go on, is there any context to the to the observation that Bill Sweeney has made? Because I, I, I do disagree with some of the language that he used. I don't think the intention of rugby is injury. I think it's a consequence of rugby. So when you specifically compartmentalise it into the intention in boxing, absolutely, it's, it's a difficult argument to push back on because the intention of boxing is to injure somebody. The intention of rugby is to overcome the opposition and the consequence of it may well be injury. So I think I'd pick you up on language there. As far as child abuse is concerned, I understand it's a, it's, it's a, it's a definable thing in law, but in society, most people think child abuse is, is inflicting something over a child that they absolutely don't want themselves. So when we talk about child abuse, you've, you've gone to the legal um, uh, evaluation of it, but when we think about the societal perspective, you've used robust language. And yes. I know why you've used it, yes. because it concentrates the mind. It yes. gets people engaged, and of course you're going to get a response, a robust response to that. But the Bill Sweeney situation, I think it would be, he's not a foolhardy man, and I don't think he's in the business of misrepresenting or being divisive, because it's clearly evident, and rugby has his own challenges about class actions being brought against a sport because in certain sports they don't want to admit these things are industrial industry injuries because they become part of a compensation culture that the sports do not want. But I'd like to know the context of Bill Sweeney, rather than an isolated quote, the nuance and context for him to turn around and deny that there are challenges because the sport knows there are challenges and the sport's embracing those challenges. So I think it's slightly unfair unless you're going to give the full context to what Bill Sweeney said, just to take it in isolation. I think the best thing then do is to allow your readers to Google Guardian article Bill Sweeney 2020. No, but you're missing the point, the context of it. It's the context of it. It's terms of what Bill Sweeney's talking about. We're focused on the brain, aren't we? The context and a head is acceleration event. No, because... You've taken a headline and and you've this missed is not a the headline. It's a quote from it's an quote entire article where he's dismissing needs, the injuries in no, rugby. He's not dis no one is dismissing the risk in rugby. When you say that they are the same as all other sports, nope. that defies common knowledge. With regards to head acceleration Again, so events. Udo, we're we're going to go context. round and round on this. No, we don't correct. have to. But also, you just but also he's talking about yeah, the also, context. There's, there's two, two different arguments. He's talking about the participation in elite sports. You're talking about your concerns about a certain age group and the reality of that reaction. So if you're going to take Bill... If you're saying Bill Sweeney was referencing under-18s in that conversation, then I would probably take you to question on that. I would imagine Bill Sweeney was talking about rugby in its elite form rather than necessarily the context in which you're seeking to frame it. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you what, you want more evidence? The fact, the fact of the matter remains, Ugo, Eric says that he and other academics have concluded that rugby in schools has become a form of child abuse. Yeah, and well, that is what's made you sit up and say, I've got to defend my sport. Yeah, 100%, because I think you're trivialising social matters that have been aligned with those words. That massively undermines it. When you think about... what? When you think of the word child abuse and you've hijacked that word to leverage it hijacked. against... Yes, of course you have. Hijacked. Yes, absolutely. I could put you in touch with so many mothers who have lost children to permanent diseases, people who are suffering we from We could do CTE. that across all sport. 
No, you can't. CTE is not found in distance runners. It's only found in impact sport athletes. Pure 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. It's getting pretty heated in here. We thought it would. Uh, Professor Eric Anderson, Professor of Sport, Health and Social Sciences at University of Winchester is with us live. So too, uh, former England international Hugo Monnier. Um, Eric, amongst uh, a group of academics, have concluded that rugby in schools has become a form of child abuse, should be banned amongst under-18s. Um, it says children should no longer participate in rugby or boxing and that parents don't understand the long-term risk of brain injuries. Right, Eric? Absolutely You correct. stand by Absolutely. it. You stand of by course. it. Absolutely. Um Obviously, it's it's provoked quite a reaction again, as it did last week, Eric, when you joined us briefly. Today, we're giving this more airtime because we have to. Hugo Monnier giving uh, his sport, his side uh, of events from uh, his sport. Hugo, basically, are the RFU and the game of rugby not already moving to limit risk, in your view? What do you know of what's going on behind the scenes in in this area? Yeah, forever we're trying to keep and I, I guess stick to what we've said in terms of keeping player safety absolutely paramount. We saw last week, round one of the Six Nations we've got instrumented mouthguards which are able to detect in real time the amount of G-forces that go through players' heads. We saw last weekend the second round of Six Nations, a player been removed because of that detection which gets sent across to a signal to an independent doctor. The player itself was like, he was baffled, what's going on? It's the Scotland hooker, George Turner. Yes, Turner. that's yeah. it. it. was baffled. He got taken off the pitch we're doing more and more and more. Next month, we're meeting up as a group of people. So that'll be tournament owners, Six Nations, Rugby Championship, Premiership Rugby, URC, and everyone else. Head coaches, international coaches from around the world, referees, International Rugby Players Association, all those bodies congregate and come together with this in mind. It's all about shaping our game. What does it want to be? What does it want to look like? And how can we then create, whether it's administering the laws even more so or changing the laws to protect the players even more so? I don't know if there's another sport in the world that has that level of buying to sit live together multiple times every single year to try and protect our players from themselves and from others. Now, Eric, that You're must be music to, to give your me ears. Time. No, not, an, not at all, because what he's describing... Not at all. That's not, not music to your ears. First of all, but you we are come only... together to Guys, try and... calm, Udo, calm, please. Just Let me speak, please. He is talking about the adult game. He's talking about the professional game. He's not talking no, about not. children's game. No, don't put words do you, in my mouth. Ugo, we literally. Can, Ugo, Ugo. In fairness, do, that, that is do what we you have these mouth guards in schools, rugby the right game. now? We do not. We do not have these sophisticated mouth guards. But let me highlight something else. What he's saying, and that player that was pulled off the pitch, it's because he hit a seventy g hit, a forty mile an hour car crash. You know it's a forty g hit. Yes, you do. That's that's the, that's the threshold for pulling him off. And that no, that is not. a threshold. What's the threshold? How many g's? Twenty. It's not twenty. It's seven. Okay, she so asked me. By the way, 20, 20 or seventy, disagree. right? The point is, but, Eddie, well, the, the, point is the, ta- Lugo, the tackle guys, height in rugby, the guys, tackle height guys, uh, in community rugby this. has been changed. You've got to let me finish this. Go on. The idea of a gum shield is that we detect a level of impact to a head that is so dangerous we need to pull them off the pitch because if they get another hit to the head, they could die. What I want to do is prevent children from being hit in the head in the first place. I don't want to talk about professional rugby today because that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about children. Yes, you could put gum shields in children. Yes, recognize and remove. Yes, but both of those happen 
after a child has taken a seriously high velocity impact to the head. That's what we need to discuss. You can talk about making rugby safer by changing the tackle height. And the rugby football union has gone up and down, up and down. I've been doing media all over the world. They're tackling for children at different heights. The reality is this. You cannot have two children running at each other or in some vicinity of each other and tackle and prevent the brain from smacking into the skull. The more, the more pressure, the bigger those players, the faster those players, the more the brain will hit and bounce around. But what you've we described is illegal. We need to stop that in children. But what you've described is illegal. So you know the tackle height, and that's been reduced. And so when you say that we congregate as an elite sector of stakeholders within the game, and we're just talking about the elite game, that's utter nonsense. We speak about grassroots all the way through to greats. The very reason why the tackle height was actually reduced in the community game was because of the discussions that we have. The community game can't change the law on behalf of themselves, but they can change it when you have the CEOs from all the different unions who change it. The things you're describing about a little boy or a little girl running to another little boy, little girl, and get smacked in the head is illegal. We know. We are no, no. Stop that, that Ugo. You do. No, we no, no, absolutely as, as know. A law, you do not, no, Ugo. As you, a law, you know you, it's illegal. Let me ask you: Are you going to tell the listeners that the only way that the brain deaccelerates in a tackle is if it's head to head? No, are you I'm, saying I know that? that as a fact, but no. when you so say anytime, what anytime the brain stops, what are you saying here, buddy? I'm just using your words, which you said when a little a boy or girl runs into someone, gets hit in the head, is yeah. what you the said. Br- the, yeah. the brain That's, is hit no, inside the head, no, regardless hey, of where the body that. stops. Let Google finish that. Say I it can again, only Ugo. quote you said: a little boy or girl gets hit in the head. We know that action's illegal. I know you can get head acceleration events if you hit someone underneath your ribs and you can get that sense of whiplash, of course. What we try and do is mitigate against all the risk. Also, for your point about banning contact and tackling in under-13s through to under-18s, there's also a study which suggests that if you ban it and then introduce it later in life, you're actually more likely to get potentially injured. At under 30... Oh, my God. No, no, no. Let, let, let's, 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 guys, I'm going to need a bit of time. Am I allowed to finish? We've got time. The, the problem is I'm, it's two or three. Google, finish one. your point. My, my point is, at under 13 where they're smaller, where they're actually not as fast, where they're not as agile, where the contacts aren't as severe, is a far greater time to be learning how to tackle in a controlled manner than it is at 18, where you've potentially been to the gym, you've put on size, the force are greater. If you've not actually been able to condition the body and then you introduce it at a later stage, you might be exposing boys and girls to a greater risk of injury. So you're arguing, Ugo, that research is being done and work is being done yeah. to ensure the impact is much lessened, whereas, Eric, you're arguing for a complete and outright ban. So listen to this. Mothers, listen to this. The Rugby Football Union's own research published just this month shows that there's 4.8 concussions per 1,000 hours of playing for under-13s. It does rise as they get older. 17-year-olds have about one concussion per 100 hours of playing. Now, but it is not just concussion we're talking about. We are talking about the drip, drip, drip of repetitive head injuries, these sub-concussive injuries, right? Now, here's what we know. For every 2.6 years of play in American football, one doubles their chances of the form of dementia known as CTE. That form of dementia hits harder and earlier, and it is found only in team sport athletes and some military soldiers. It is not found in the general population. 
We know you can't that compare the more, American the football more to years rugby. Play, you can because Why? rugby has four or more times the concussion rate. Because let's be honest, rugby players are proper athletes. Yes, they're out there for eighty minutes. They're out there for eighty minutes. You can't hit the head Defense, in rugby. You can't. You don't in American hit the football. head in, in American football either. They're out there for eighty minutes. You're not intense. You, head-to-head contact is prohibited in American football. Okay, so but we we don't see that. Point is, when you look at concussions per thousand hours. Rugby has four or five times more concussions per thousand hours than American football. Now, rugby players are out there playing both sides for 80 minutes, so that's one of the reasons why. So there is absolutely no reason, no rationale, no theory to suggest that rugby football union players will have less CTE than NFL players, which mathematical computation shows have 60% chance of developing CTE. And there are now 525 former professional athletes, over 300 rugby players, suing the rugby football union for this disease. The longer one plays the game, the more yeah. likely one is to develop this. I agree so with that. So when you tell me that they will learn to have fewer injuries if they play younger, there is such a massive dropout rate from rugby that what we need to do is prevent children from playing them so the vast majority of children don't have that impact and those who do go on reduce their years of impact as they play. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We have the Professor of Sport, Health and Social Science at the University of Winchester, Eric Anderson, with us, alongside Eric. And they're the best of chums, really. They will get on after this, I'm quite <laughs> sure. Former England player, England international, 14 caps, Hugo Monnier. What is Professor Anderson telling us? He and other academics have concluded that rugby in schools has become a form of child abuse and should be banned amongst under-18s. Researchers like Eric say children should no longer participate in rugby or boxing and that parents don't understand the long-term risk of brain injury. Ugo, for his part, is saying a lot has been done to safeguard kids so that they know the risk and that the parents know the risk as
as well. That's just the tip of the iceberg of this conversation, of this debate. So many of you getting in touch, 81089. We'll take some calls in a bit. 03717223344. It's not often this man to my right is quiet. You're watching, you're observing, and of yeah, course you're listening. Because what I are th- you making of this, well, I think it's, I mean, look, I, as I said to the boys in the break, as a participant on a daily basis and very robust discussions with people and being probably the most robust participant in it, I actually like this conversation because you've got two people with very strong views that are providing information that could be, that fuels a good debate and I'm enjoying it. That's why I'm sat back with my trap shut because I think the value is in the conversation between these two guys. I think it's important to make sure that we don't conflate what happens with statistics in the elite game to what's happening under, under 18s. I think it's important that we give credit to one another's studies because just because one study doesn't concur with someone else's view that these, these studies still have validity. But it's now about... The thing that I disagree with Eric on, I agree with a lot of what he said. If you've got empirical clinical data that supports an argument, just because people don't like it and don't like the response doesn't mean that's an argument to, to, to rebut it. The point that I disagree with him on, and I disagree with academics when they get into this mode of thinking where they think they know better than everybody else and they can speak in a language that elevates above everybody else, you've got to bring the sport with you. And you said last week, I don't care what the sports reaction is to my data. I'm giving you data which is factual. And I don't think that is helpful to bringing a well-established sport that is seeped and deep in the psyche of British sportsmen and in America and your mm, sport, mm. bringing the sport with you. You've got to find a solution. And if yeah. the solution is absolute banning, you're going to come up against resistance. What would you say to that, Eric? Because Chris and Hereford agrees with Simon. For the professor to say, for certain areas and age groups, ban rugby... He is saying, well, what's that going to mean? Because it's going to die out and kids won't come through and we won't get star players like Monia. Because kids will stop playing it because they're not allowed to play it because they've been banned by people like Eric Anderson. Okay, let's take this one by one here. So the first thing is, I have tried to work with the Rugby Football Union. I've been at this for over a decade. I've met with Simon Kemp, head chief medical officer of the Rugby Football Union years ago. I've been to Twickenham. I've tried to work through our school's programs called AFPI. They were completely closed down to listening to any of this. Six years ago, no, 2016, we had a massive media campaign trying to ban children from playing tackle rugby in school systems. We were completely dismissed by the Rugby Football Union. They don't want to work with me. It's really hard to work with them when they want nothing to do with me or the group of scholars. Met, well, you met with, they stonewall you. I've, oh, stonewall big time, absolutely. So, Ugo, that's, that's a problem. Um, if that's true, and Eric, I've no reason no, to doubt no, no. that it's not. Oh, I, I take you at your words, but just because they've stonewalled you and don't want to talk to you doesn't mean they're not having conversations and having studies done about understanding the risk. I'm sat here really open-minded. I would be so naive to think that our game has no risk. I've been injured, I've had concussion myself, there's a massive litigation against the game. I totally understand it. Where I have a difference of opinion is, I think it's about doing things better rather than a full-out ban. We want to polarise often so many different debates and opinions, whether it's social or in, in, in this argument in sport, where surely there is a middle ground about how we do things better. And one of the biggest causes, actually, of concussion is... Okay, well, there's two. There's one, there's accidents, and it's really hard to mitigate against an accident. And the other one is technique, whether that's in the elite game or the community game. And I watch rugby at every single level. Biggest cause of concussion 
as just bad tackle technique. And interestingly enough, it was just last week, I was coming out of the gym and this guy just stopped me and he says, we're rolling out this new initiative where we're getting around schools and community rugby clubs to upskill the coaches so that they can coach far better so that players yeah, are far yeah. more competent to mitigate right. against the risk of concussion. So Eddie, Ugo's saying, right. maybe not ban it, compromise. So let's, let's talk about the tackle technique for a moment. We've been hearing that for over a decade. Tackle technique has changed dramatically. The problem is we're facing a matter of physics. When two bodies are in motion and they come to a stop, whether one's tackling at the legs, the sternum, the midriff, the brain suddenly deaccelerates. So there is a law of physics here that might mean, there, that does mean there are no ways out of this, which is why we've called for the ban on tackling. But let me back up just a little bit further on this issue because what I'm talking about might have a middle ground for you to consider. The vast majority of children play rugby, they start young, and they start dropping out post-puberty. Puberty in the world of sport changes absolutely everything. A child who might be really good at rugby and really big at nine, by the time he's 14, he might be the small kid on the team, right? So if we play touch rugby, which offers better mixed abilities, you don't have to worry about mixed sizes, you can yep. even do mixed genders, Touch rugby is better for colorblind people and hemophiliacs. It's a higher cardiovascular rate than tackle rugby. If we play touch rugby, particularly in school systems, particularly in PE, you will allow more children to enjoy the sport of rugby because more parents will allow their children to play. They can play for longer periods of time and they can learn a lot of the skills before tackling. And then post-puberty, go with around 16. Now you have an idea of what child is gonna be suited for what positions. And now you've started to have this massive dropout right. rate. So you've got fewer children playing the sport in the first place, which currently happens in the tackle version as well. You can weigh well. up who's going to go all you the way. You can weigh up who's going to go all the way. Right. And you can now start to teach them with slow motion, no do, contact, do you accept that? This compromise, Hugo, this compromise. Yes and no. One part of it's already happening. Every child actually starts with playing touch rugby. We have a graduated approach towards contact. So the skills of line outs, scrums, tackling, rucking, mauling, all those things. And in fact, every young boy or girl doesn't actually get the full element of contact rugby to the age of under 17 to the age of 16. Yeah. In terms of you're almost using it as a pyramid to figure out who's going to make it elite level. I'm not bothered about that because we're focusing so much on the 80 minutes and the parameters of which rugby is actually played. I'd love to go beyond and extend beyond that because of the social impact that rugby has and actually just banning rugby and banning contact. There are so many kids, boys and girls who I've met and chatted to where this is actually ultimately changed their life. We're talking about risk, aren't we? There's... Um, as a gentleman that I met last summer, I was doing a documentary. He set up a rugby team called Transmanian Devils. Talking about a kid who actually tried to take his life, the only thing that saved him was rugby. So risk, if you are to compare the risk of rugby versus the situation he was in, or I've been to Birmingham, Edmonton, where there's kids who get on two buses and make their way to rugby because their parents want them to be in a safe space knowing that they are safe, they're fed and off the streets. Because once again, if you were to measure up risk, of concussion and CT versus the risk of potentially being in a gang and being stabbed, they're less likely to end up dead than they are to get CTE. I, so I the social Ugo. impact two, of two, it two is points. absolutely Hang on, massive. Yeah. Ugo's touched on something there. I mean, how much should risk outweigh reward in sport, if you like? The other day, and you're aware of this because you told me, some of your academics tuned in when Josh Boatsy was on with Simon yes, and myself. Yes, absolutely, yes. And they thought, my God. 
This has yeah. gone viral now, and it has. We saw the reaction. Boatsy won the other night. You'll know who go. Mm-hmm. He, he beat Dan Aziz. He's, he's good mate. In the ring, fighting all out. Hard as nails, these guys. But Boatsy was interesting when he came in here. We mentioned you about you, Eric, to him. And he said, listen, I can only tell you what it was like for me. Let's take boxing. Because I hesitate to think where I'd get, got to if I hadn't found boxing. This was Boatsy. When I see Lucas having a fight at a club show, sometimes you do think, are the punches heavy enough to hurt them? But then I also think the other side, yes, they're very young. Their brains are not developed. Um, so there's more of a safety aspect to it. Um, in terms of if shadow boxing is enough for them, I'm not too sure. But when I was 15, shadow boxing was definitely not enough. I wanted to get in the mix and to experience the actual reality of having a real fight. And, and that's what I did. At 15, I was fighting for free on the streets of London. So now doing it in a place where I could fight and not get in trouble and actually aspire to be something and achieve something, that was more than okay for me. It's a choice. You know, if they're off age, now the question is, when are you off age? Indeed. And that's where I guess there'll be different opinions on it. But we can't ignore what research shows. If research is showing that if you start, I don't know, these types of sports at such a young age, then it's not good for the brain um, later on in life, then we also must listen to it. But like I said, there's so many benefits that has come from this sport that I can talk about here. He was talking about the social balance that he got out of it, that he went into it to keep him off the streets and not mix with the Neds at the end of the street, Eric, because he doesn't know where that would have taken him. But you're saying to Boatsy when he was a kid, no, don't do it. What I'm telling I want to you- ban what you're doing. What I'm telling you is that there is absolutely no research to show that tackle rugby or uh, con- full contact boxing provides a better culture of safety, getting kids off the street than basketball does. He just does, told you it did. Than basketball does. Eric, what is just that child, said? No, 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 you need to listen no, to what he just said. You need to listen to what he just said. Right, I understand for that individual. He says he believes that the full contact version was better for him to keep him out of trouble. But there's no research to show that tackle rugby can do this better than touch rugby, that fighting can do it better than non-contact fighting. And in fact, in America, when we're trying to get kids off the streets, it's basketball we use. So there is an idea here about mentoring children who might be in trouble, but they don't need to have brain injury as a process of that. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Final part of our debate. If you can call it a debate, it's actually information giving, I think, this morning. Simon and myself are sitting by uh, listening to Professor Eric Anderson, Professor of Sport, Health and Social Science at University of Winchester, who, amongst others, have concluded that rugby in schools have become a form of child abuse and should be banned amongst under-18s. Ugo Mornier, of course, everybody knows Ugo in this country, played for England at the highest level. He's saying his bit about how precautions are being taken and instead of a ban, maybe a compromise can be found. Many people get in touch, Simon, saying, I'm with the professor, but I'm also with Ugo. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually something to behold because both of you are making your point so well that we don't want to mess up in the time we've got left. What's the difference, Professor, between CTE and concussion? Great, fantastic question. I think parents really need to know this one particularly. We know that a concussion is a one-off event that we call traumatic brain injury. And that happens when the brain deaccelerates from being hit or accelerates from being hit or tackled, or in a car accident, and most people are familiar with the symptoms of it, right? So sickness, nausea, et cetera. 
We know from twin studies in Sweden of matched twins that one serious concussion can lead to lifelong issues, higher reliance upon the state, higher rates of criminality, depression, suicide, etc. Concussion is bad news. And that is what most of the knowledge of tackle sports and fight sports and combat sports gets. But there's another scarier disease out there that could hit people and does hit people who've never had concussion. It only happens in athletes that take high impact or soldiers. And it is a cumulative effect of multiple hits hitting the brain, sub-concussive hits, some are probably in the 10G and up range, over and over again, that leads to this form of dementia that has high rates of depression, high rates of alcoholism and violence. And it is found only in impact sport athletes. And what we know is for every 2.6 seasons of play, granted for American football players, youth, American youth football, you double your chances of acquiring this disease. Hugo, do you recognize that? Do you identify with what he's just said? Yeah, 100%. It's hard to dispute with any of the statistics which you've given there. And do you know what? And and, and I like the way you've characterized this conversation because for me, it's truly not about trying to be right. It's about getting the right information out there. I'm so aware of a lot of what you said. I guess the conclusion is, is that just trying to operate and find a middle ground because when you look at the risk, when you look at the rewards, and actually with a helicopter view as what sport can serve and how it can support and serve so many different communities and different individuals, I do think there is a way. Hugo, do you agree with Stocksy in Nottingham who says, I'm listening, it's fascinating. As with any contact sport, there's always risk of injury and some have more risk than others in terms of head injury. But I've got to agree with the professor. Putting your child into a situation where they might be seriously injured or suffer with a brain damaging injury later in life, unfortunately, is as bad as child abuse. The solution, touch sport, touch rugby yep. at the age of 16 18 you can then ma- let the individual make his own but that's, choice that's what we already do that's what you do every introduction is touch rugby you accept and that then every, no. Wait, you're, are you telling me 12 year olds don't tackle Tw- they get introduced but the for, i understand there's a gradation period in but my children in school were playing not my children but children were playing tackle rugby they learn the skills first but from age so year you've, four you've just re- tackling so you've not only interrupted me, you've just repeated what I've said. Everyone's introduction into the game is through touch rugby. Yes, but how long is that introduction? It, it, do you know what? It's actually, it's not even a definitive way. So up until a period, they want to then introduce tackling. If that feels like it's dangerous or compromised, they then move back to touch rugby. All those guidelines on RFU.com's website. So every single coach can manage it without actually being told, well, after six months, do this and do that. So everyone's introduction into it, how long they stay at that period yeah, yeah. is very much up to the players and up to the coaches. guys we can go against our words yeah. by getting the odd caller to air uh danny i'm not saying you're odd in any way but there's so many people trying to call us we've selected you danny come to air put your point Pro- the professor's here ugo's here you're a referee right what do you want to say yeah morning gents um and this has been a fascinating topic of conversation and something that we've that we as match officials have had over many years so if i go to the report first that was published in 2020 um, since that time, steps have been put in place from World Rugby through to the RFU to the WRU as such to reduce the likelihood of head contact and head injury. And that is now in place. As of the 1st of July this year, all adult rugby to a certain uh, position as such, through down to child age grade rugby, when they start tackling, now is lowered to the base of the sternum in open play. Now, 
that doesn't take away the tackling aspect fully and people will still get hurt. But from us as match officials, we are seeing less head contact during the game. Now, I referee adult rugby, uh, men and women. Yep. I also do age-grade rugby as well. And there, there are good techniques out there that the coaches are giving to the players. Sometimes people get it wrong and they do get a head knock. However, we are seeing less less head contact. Less head contact, Danny. That's a yeah. good point. That's Eric, very good. Eric, yeah. that's good to that's hear really good. That's really good to hear. I like to hear that. But let's shift this conversation to an area where you probably will all agree. And that's another middle ground we can talk about. And that's schools PE. Because in my freedom of information requests on over 200 schools throughout England, you do the math, 75% are playing tackle rugby in schools PE where they are compelling children to play against their will, where children don't even have a choice. So 75%, 75% how many schools? Published research, 288. 288 across schools England. randomly selected across England. We and didn't the, do we didn't do it. You get the idea. Kids don't have a scale. Now it's part of schools PE. So can we find another middle ground? Because what Ugo is saying is that children who are really attracted to rugby, there's a community game. And that's what he's speaking to. Mm-hmm. But in schools PE, we are playing tackle rugby and children are getting hurt at high rates in the name of physical education. So can we all agree, I'm sure Ugo would agree with this, that for schools PE, it should be touch, not tackle. You agree, Ugo? No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I actually don't. So if you were to say to me that matches at a, at its infancy should perhaps be modified slightly, but in terms of training, and it's not actually just training as a as an umbrella word, it's actually the amount of time that you spend training. And that's why mm, we're mm. collating so much evidence at the moment to understand at what point after how many minutes yeah. a player's at risk. As we conclude this, minutes, we conclude this today. But one thing stands out to me. It seems all too obvious to suggest it. You prepared to work alongside Professor Anderson of going course, forward. And we do. Like We don't want to live in an echo chamber where we're just getting information that just cements the views that we have. We want to bring people in. And it might not be you. I've not you heard from the RFU. Not, well, just because they've not heard from you, because you might not be the oracle. No, but, but Eric, here's a former international there. player saying, yes, you have a point, let's work together. And I sit on so many of these boards and have so many of these conversations. We don't want to be a close society and live in this holy compromise, huddle. Compromise, Eric, we compromise. That's I would like, be delighted to you know be invited what? to yeah. sit Can in. Can I give you one Absolutely. piece of advice? I, I'm re- Ugo, it's only, I've been at this over a decade. I, I know, probably and I'll don't tell you what, ev- Okay, well, there we go. My oh, advice would be to say, no, no, don't no, compel children to play no, this in schools. No, understood, just, understood. Just, just, but Ugo, have the last word then. Every week, sorry, every year for the last 15 years, the week before the Six Nations, someone comes out with inflammatory language, and as you have this year, just to grab attentions, to be able to have conversations like this. And whilst you may have got the publicity that you want, I think you perhaps are not... No, no, but you have. You sat yeah, on that This isn't radio just right to now. grab attention. This is no, to, to save children's to brains, you go. attention to this be able to This is to save children's brains. If I use the media wisely, you're not going to complain. Do you regret... Have I used the media wisely? Do you regret some... So. I'm here. Do you but have you also tapped it right? As Hugo says, you picked your moment, didn't you? I Just before the Six Nations started. And you, you know what? That, that, was you that was, of course, that was deliberate. Do you regret some of the it language you used? I absolutely do not regret. Child abuse. I find it appalling grooming. that you think children should be compelled to play tackle rugby in schools PE or even made to play it 
even if it's by choice, because we don't need it in schools. Guys, going okay. forward, I think the two of you are going to work together, right? I don't think so. I think that could be productive. Mike, is he so stubborn? I'm open to listening. <laughs> You're the one who's appalled at Professor this Professor Eric Anderson, I want to thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate, um, appreciate being here. You guys. can tell by the reaction that we have had, uh, this has been a more than relevant topic for us to expand upon here on our show and we're delighted that you chose our show to join us upon Ugo as always thanks my friend thank you, you stood up to me. this fellow and I think going forward the two of you can remain in communication because I think, I, I think it's vitally important I think it's almost too obvious to say okay thanks so much Silence for both of you joining us today <laughs> <laughs> you can do it if I can be on with that man every morning you two can get we could have our own show Ugo how's that Eric uh, you one right, thing man. you brought in your two lovely young lads this morning Indeed. Eric yes what if one of them says dad I want to be a top player like Monia. Yeah. Will you let him? A parent's job is sometimes to say no against activities that their children want to partake in because they're dangerous. So the answer to that is you turn 18, you make your own decisions. What about Clyde? Until then, I'm in charge. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.